Welcome to Persisters, an all-female live show and podcast. Each episode showcases one artist. You'll hear their performance from our live show, followed by an interview with us, Beth Rowe and Alex Kern. Please listen and please subscribe. Uh. Very cool. How's you guys doing? So good. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, so I graduated from college in 2006, and I immediately went straight for, what can this job do for me? I need benefits. I want access to stuff. And so I got a job at a travel agency, one of the last remaining actual brick-and-mortar travel agencies in Seattle, and it was packed with divorcees. That's everyone who worked there. It was like old and pissed. And so I had nothing to do, so they put me in charge of the brochures. And what that means is you take brochures for trips and you put them in this giant wall with slots so that when the elderly come in, they can select things before they book their cruise. I loved this job because I didn't really have to do anything, not much interfacing. And one day I was unpacking the box of Italy brochures and I saw this brochure from Venice and I was like, what? This looks so beautiful. Oh my gosh, I need to go. It's sinking. I'll be gone soon. And so uh, I decided to use my corporate discount to get plane tickets. And all the divorcees there were like, no, 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 it's not safe. No, you can't. And my closest confidant was Judy. She was human Marge Simpson. She's on her fourth marriage. And she was like, you're brave. You're brave for going. I, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't. And I was like, What's, what are they talking about? I don't, is Italy dangerous? Like, I don't, what are they, I don't, I don't get it. And so... I decided to book it, and I went and bought an Italian language CD, and it, I listened to it on the car, on the drive all the time, and this is what it sounded like. It was man, it was like, you know, um, make yamo. My name is, and then you have to fill in your name. So I'd be like, make yamo Jenna, and like, <laughs> next track. It's like, sono de Seattle. Which means it's not my fault, which is a good thing to know if you're going to travel. But then I got to the chapter on how to find housing. And so I learned the one phrase I needed to know, which is, una stanza singular por una note? Which means I need a single room for one night. And I was like, I fucking got this. <laughs> Bravery be damned. And so um, I found a convent that had a hostel in Venice. And so I booked that, obviously. And I took off. And I only by the kindness of Italian strangers that I find this convent. It was a, there was a giant statue of a Bible character that signaled you have to go down this, you know, canal walkway. And I get there and there's no nuns in sight. So I was like, what is this? And I go in and so I'm so pumped to use my Italian. And I get there and uh, I, I walk up to the lady and I was like, Una stands a singular for una note. And she's like, oh, yeah, totally. Uh, is it just you? Are you paying in cash? And I was like, what? Uh, and so everywhere, that became a theme. Everywhere I went, everyone spoke English. And even ordering a coffee, I was like, un cafe con leche, por favore. And they're like, oh, great, that's $2. Thank you so much. They'll come out right over here. I was like, what is this? Come on, people. And uh, my best friend Jenna had just given me uh, the book Eat, Pray, Love. And so I brought it along with me. And this was before it was cool. You know that feeling when you discover a band and then all of a sudden they're fucking huge? That was me with Eat, Pray, Love. I read it in a fever dream on the train. I was like, this is amazing. Oh, my gosh. And uh, I wasn't going through a divorce or anything, but I, I connected with the part where she talks about going to Italy and wanting to find uh, someone to speak the language with. You know, it was her goal. And I was like, I'm going to do the same thing. And so I leave my stuff in the convent and I head out to wander around. And I'm using most of my Italian um, 
And everything was getting around fine. It's a lovely place. Has anyone been to Venice, Italy? Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's gorgeous. And so I'm like walking around, just eating gelato, living my life. And, uh, and I run into a gondolier. And he's like, if you come back around four o'clock when the sun's setting, I'll take you for a free ride. And I was like, yes, grazie, grazie. And uh, again, I had not seen many movies or read books about dangers abroad. And so I was like, sounds great. I'll be back at four. And I, and I keep going. And I sit outside this church. And I'm just thinking like, wow, it's so cool being somewhere where no one else knows where you are. And that was the first time I'd ever felt, I ever felt that. I was like, because I didn't bring a phone with me. I didn't have a smartphone. This was 06. I left a flip phone in Seattle, you know? It was off the grid. And so I'm walking back to, uh, down like the Calle Grande. And it's pedestrian rush hour, so there's people everywhere. And I was like, I gotta get to my gondola ride, all right. And as I'm like walking along, this little tiny man in denim on denim comes up next to me and he's like, ah, hola, hola. And I was like, oh, hey, what's up? And he looked like this, you know, like Tom Cruise during his crazy phase? It was like that. It was like a lot of, a lot of like, yeah, oh, like that movements. And I was like, okay, hey, what, you know, okay, what's going on? And um, he uh, asked me if I wanted to sit down on a bench with him. And I was like, see. Sí. And so I was like, yes, language, let's do this. And he was like, do you speak English? And I was like, si. You know, do you speak, Espa uh, do you speak Italiano? And he was like, si. And so we were like, let's talk. And I, guys, I don't, I got through like two chapters on the CD. Like, I'm not that good. And so I quickly exhausted all my vocab with this guy. And, and he's like kind of moving in closer. And I'm like, oh, he's probably, he seems a little insane. But that's fine. At least I got my language practice in. Victory. And so... Then I, I go to get up, and I'm like, all right, got to, you know, gondolier, you know, gondolier, ciao, ciao, ciao. And he's like, oh, no, no, you know, stay. And then he, like, orders me a, a drink. And he's like, what do you want? And I was like, uh, chocolate calde, which is hot chocolate instead of wine. You never drink in front of crazy people. Everyone knows that. And so, <laughs> and so he gets me a hot chocolate, and we're sitting there, and I'm like, oh, gosh, like, time is running out. But I'm so polite. This is 06, like, so way too polite. And so I was like, ah, yeah, grazie, grazie. And then uh, I have no more words to try. So I start to get up, and he's like, wait. And then he pulls out his, ba he pulls his backpack around and pulls out a plastic red rose and hands it to me. And I was like, grazie, grazie, ciao, ciao, ciao. And then he's like, wait. And he pulls out a stuffed bear that's holding a heart that says, like, te amo on it. And I was like, oh, crap. And then, I, he, again, he won't let me leave, and he pulls out a bottle of wine from his backpack. And I'm like, all right, I'm dealing with a full-blown stalker here. This guy is on another level. He has a whole seduction packet on his back. And, and I look at my watch, and I'm pretty sure I missed the gondola ride, which might actually be a good thing in hindsight. Would have been probably murdered on that. And, um, and I get up to go, and I just start, like, booking it. And I'm like, I got to catch a Toronto, Toronto. And I'm like, just walking so fast. And then um, I, see, I see the statue with the Bible character. So I'm like, okay, the convent is closed. And he's right on my heels. And he's like, wait, wait. And, um, and I, I try to shake him off. And then he grabs me and slams me up against the statue. And I was like, and there are people everywhere. So I was like, oh, someone's going to come to my aid. No. And he leans in and he tries to kiss me. And so I'm fighting him off. And I'm like, no, no. And he's like trying to get close. And he's like, you kiss like an American. And I, and I was like, okay, how many people have you done this to? And then I can't break free. And so I wind up and I punch him in the face. Still to this day, the first person I've ever punched. And only. And so he... <laughs> He keels over, and I take off running. I run around the statue and down this little canal pathway, and I see the convent, and I jump over a fence, and I turn back, and I can see him kind of like grabbing his face. And I run through the courtyard, and I spot two nuns, and I, but I don't have time to talk to them. I'm like, I'm in distress. I need to go back to my room. And so I get into my room, which has, you know, six beds in it. 
And I just start bawling. And I was so just mad. I was just so mad. I was like, he missed, made me miss my gondola ride. And he also tried to, you know, molest me in public. And I was so mad. But then there were these two Argentinian girls unpacking into one of the bunk beds. And I took cuatro años in escuela. So I was like very, muy bueno en español. And so I look over, I'm like, que tal? And I explain in Spanish the entire saga that just happened. And they're like, wow. And so I'm telling them it's very dangerous outside. I was like, no, no mas segura. No es segura. And then we stay up all night talking in Spanish. And so I'm like, oh, this is fun. Um, and I realized that... I think what made, what made me more mad about the fact that he tried to kiss me was the fact that he made me feel unsafe in another town, that it wasn't okay to be 22 and travel alone. Also, horrible timing for this because a, a backpacker was just killed in New Zealand. So, um, I, sorry, did anyone see that news story? It's terrifying. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, 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 you saw it. It's so, it's so scary. It's scary that it's not safe, and um, it's very unfortunate. And I made it. Uh, the next morning, I woke up, power walked to the train, looked around for denim on denim, didn't see anything, and I got on the train and I left. And I'll never go back there alone for sure. But when I, I got back to the States, I went to visit my best friend Jenna, who gave me the Epre Love book. And I went and I got the word bravery tattooed on my rib cage in Hebrew. And I would show you, but I'm not wearing a bra. So <laughs> that's my story. Thank you so much. Welcome back to Persisters. Alex, how are you? I'm so great. How are you? You know what? I'm really good. It's the last day of this raining. Is it? You know what? I have to say, it's been pouring and I love it. It's great. I love it. And the teachers are protesting down the block from where I live because I live right by uh, a school. So it's just like honking all the time, pouring rain. I'm just like, what's going to happen next? You know? You know what's going to happen next? What? We're going to talk to Jenna (gasps) Bristol. Oh, God, I love her. What's up, hotties? Oh, Hi. she's here. Oh, my God. She's, oh, hello. <laughs> Where is she? I let myself so, in. <laughs> she, just, she just jumped out of nowhere. Jenna. How are you? I'm fantastic. How's it going? Really good. Yeah, the rain is crazy. It's so not L.A. It it's feels weird. But you know what? When I first moved to L.A., I remember January being there like, oh, January's winter. There's a lot of rain. And it has not been like that since this year. Like, this reminds me of when I moved to L.A. Yeah. Well, last December there was a lot of rain, right? Because then there were the mudslides. Yeah. But this is insane. Rain in January. The elements. But also, it's yeah. it's you're absolutely right. It's because there's been so many fires, and then mm. then the potential for mudslides right. is so much higher. And they're happening, right? Isn't there like mud and oh, debris yeah, people, flying over the PCH? Oh, is that oh, true? For I just sure, heard that, that people had sense. to evacuate in Malibu. Yeah. Gosh. The people, not all. I don't think everyone from the Woolsey Fire, but I'm sure some people. It's so rough up there. Oh. I mean, if I was a homeowner up there, I'd be like, see ya. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful, but man, they're like really also, taking yeah. it now. What do you do then, right? If you've had this piece of property forever and then it's destroyed, what are you going to do? Like, no one's going to buy it. Yeah. Yeah. It's in the hot zone. Well, most yeah. most um, insurance companies, if you're, no. Ho- you know, you have to rebuild on the same exact spot. You can't like buy. But I obviously. thought Malibu, you don't get fire insurance. Oh really? <gasps> yeah. That's so messed up. That's like the homes on the water I don't that have up, like. But I feel that. like I feel like that's true. Wow. <laughs> homes if on any the water are un- like not like what's the word uninsurable? Oh, because like, there's so much that could go so, wrong. Yeah. Tidal waves, right. and tsunamis, right? Ugh. 
I think there's a tsunami warning thing. I live in Venice across town. Yeah. And um, there's signs about a tsunami thing. But I read recently that the city stopped funding the, the warnings, the alarms. So if there, even if there is one, the horns don't work. Wait, they're like up on the poles, but there's... Wait, in LA? Yeah. Is yeah, that the, because the risk of tsunami is so low? So they're like, fuck it. We don't... Let's put our money somewhere else. Probably. Huh. And I think there's just like no dollars. They're like, we have other problems besides tsunamis. Right. Like... Homeless, yeah, right, or yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Sure. It's, it's low on the totem pole, which is fine. Or school fine. t-shirts. Oh yes. man, yeah, just yeah. A protest shirt. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just fine. I'm fine. <laughs> you know, fine. So I'm, um, uh, I'm, I'm training for a half marathon, which I'm running Ooh. on Sunday. Yeah, oh, girl. Oh, teachers' God. protest could not come at a worse time for me. I'm like, excuse me, Move. <laughs> excuse me. Yeah, excuse I'm me. on my tempo run. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate, me out of I my... appreciate what you're doing, but yeah. like, get. Sidewalk. Get off my That's corner. That's the furthest I've ever run also is half marathons. I've the never Rocky done Mar- it. They're so fun. Alex does tons of them. Oh, yeah. They're a I great mean, length. Yeah. They are great. I feel like it's a perfect yeah, length. Yeah. I couldn't go on past yeah, it. I'm like, 13 one hits. I'm like, yeah. who could do more? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a great. Alex What's could the- do more. She's done a marathon. Oh, oh right. Two marathons. Okay. Dude, I'm okay. very okay. impressed. That's um, I, I've never have. Which, which Where's the route? The Pasadena. Oh, well, that'll be pretty. It was kind that'll of be pricey to do it, but I was like, you know what? So Pasadena. What's kind of pricey, though? It was $150. Oh, oh shit. Pricey. Yeah. Okay. But also, that Does it go I to needed, something? Does I it wouldn't have, anything? if it was less than that, I don't know if I would have. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. You're like, I pay. Yeah. Yeah. No, but that's good. It's like paying for a gym membership and then It's also going to be a pretty run. Oh, It'll yeah. be great. It'll yeah. be great. Do Does you it know start the, at the Rose Bowl or? It starts at the Rose Bowl. Ooh. Cool. Yeah. That'll I'm be nice. Excited. I went to that football game January oh 1st. Oh my gosh, I saw yeah, that. Yeah, my parents met at UW, and so my dad and brother flew down. They all went, so oh, we tailgated. Cool. That's and went so to the game. It was fun. It was really cool. It was great. Yeah. Oh my it's so God. fun going to a... That stadium has been around for what? Like, I mean, not hundreds of years, but a long, a long time, time, right? Yeah, it's like ancient. And for like many historic games, yeah. right? So yeah. That's cool. I've never huh? been to the Rose Bowl. I haven't either. Oh, you'll dig it. So yeah. you're from Seattle. Yes, from Seattle. We love that. Yeah. Born and raised. What was it like oh, growing was... up in Seattle? It was, was it really like fun. this, Rain? It was it was exactly like this actually for eight months out of the year. But it was it since I've grown up and lived other places like New York, LA, yeah. I realized that you do in Seattle grow up with this like kind of underdog mentality because of the sports there. Like the Seahawks were not good. Like Cleveland. Just, yes. Yeah. Or the Mariners. I mean, we had King Griffey Jr. I actually love the A-Rod. Mariners. Oh, I love the yeah. Mariners. Yeah. But they weren't like they were kind of good at some yeah. point, but they never won a World Series, you know. Ken Griffey Jr. Man, oh, loved so fine, him so much. He's so cool. Yeah, yeah. So it's it was a great place to grow up. I really love it. I think it's a healthy it. like not people that come out of Seattle are wonderful. Yeah, I know a lot of Seattle great Seattle people. Yeah, it's a very cool place. Lot to do. It's clean. People so are much chill. nature stuff. So much nature. There's so stuff. and so many people are moving there now with for tech stuff too, right? Yeah, yeah. it's huge. Amazon has changed it. It's like completely different. I also yeah. know a bunch of people in the film community who are like, there's a thriving film community there, which is pretty cool. Yeah, oh, I didn't know that. Oh yeah, yeah. you should get in on that. <laughs> Put it on the list. Yeah. On the list of <laughs> yeah, I moved to Seattle. Like creative, interesting people. I feel like I've met. Yeah. yeah. Where'd you go, Bernadette? Isn't that up in Seattle? Takes place? Oh, I never finished. Maria Semple. You didn't finish that? No. Oh, it's great. Yeah, it does, right? I think it's Seattle. Yeah. I think so. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Man of the House. JTT Chevy Chase is in oh, Seattle. Hey. <laughs> Little known fact. Wait, Man of the House, was that um the racist rain dance they do? They join like the Indian guys. But what was the <laughs> comedian's name? Not, no, not Chevy oh. Chase, the other one. Oh. I want to say Sybil, but not Sybil. What's his name? 
Oh, you know. Sinbad. Oh, Sinbad. Oh I love how you were like, to get to Sinbad, you went to Sybil Shepherd. <laughs> Which is the whitest person ever, the most like patrician. Where, wait, and you went to school where? Mm. Linfield College, outside okay. Portland, oh. Oregon. It's Ooh. a really small school in the middle of wine country. It's on like 200 acres. It's so pretty in did, the Lamont Valley. Did you hang out with Reed people ever? Oh, no, but I uh, almost applied there. That's really? Like the cr- it's like intense. That's why I didn't even apply. I think I went to visit and I saw like 800 <laughs> hacky sacks and I was like, this is not my place. So you went to school in like a wine country? Yeah, I went to, uh, the school was so nice. It was so safe. It's liberal and I, arts school. I raised ducks in my dorm room. It was very Wait, Oregon. what? Yeah, I, there was a tack and feed store and I was living in a sophomore dorm with three of my girlfriends and I used to go to the tack and feed store to pet the, pet, pet the animals and then there was a sign that was like, do you want to pre-order your ducks and geese? And so I like went over there. And they didn't even ask for ID or like a 4-H cred- credentials. Right. And I was like, I'd like two ducks. And they're like, great, we'll call you when they hatch. And then they did that spring. Oh, and I raised them in my, in my room. Come on. And then they went to live with my parents in Seattle because they got real big real fast. Ducks grow. Were your roommates like, yo, yeah, well, they ducks got to go? Well, they like leaned into it. Thank God they were so cool. And so there were they little, live in Portland. They're like, they're like great. Yeah, yeah of everyone's course. Like, chill there. Ducks, like, you're like, me I'm going to get a dragon this, next yeah. semester. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, a guy oh had a God. baby alligator in oh, his tub. Like, yeah, it was Stop. a weird, it was a crazy experience, but it was a good, good college. Was experience. it a small school? Yeah, only like 2,000 students. Okay. Right? Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. You didn't know everyone in your class but like you you yeah, recognize you know everyone. the face yeah yeah, 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 yeah it's yeah. a small vibe did you but. study theater there or i did some theater arts oh, yeah cool. yeah okay yeah all right cool it was fun and i started doing you know comedy sports yeah you know comedy sports? sure yeah. in yeah, portland yeah. they had one of those so oh that's no my, way yeah so i started like did driving they pay you time. no i didn't get far enough in the school oh, okay yeah that's I, in chicago right yeah comedy it's out of chicago yeah. yeah there's yeah. like 35 of them i think around america but they're like family friendly, clean improv. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, and then from there you moved to New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah, moved to New York after that, right out of off, uh, right out of college. Actually, I got a job at a travel agency in Seattle first because oh, I like didn't know what you. to do with myself, and I was Love like, it. I'll go work at a travel agency. And I get there, and there's like just. These like old angry divorcees. Ah, and like, like very nineties. It was traveling. so with 90s. really good manicures. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Totally. And I was like, oh, this these are shutting down. Like <laughs> this is not an industry that's gonna last. You know, like <laughs> oh my god, Travelocity, Expedia. Like that was like a slur around the office. <laughs> They're like, don't you dare say Expedia. You know. Oh my. They gosh. don't give you the hands on. And I was like, I gotta get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. What were you guys' first jobs out of college? Uh, I worked at a restaurant. I okay. yeah, I worked at a restaurant. What kind? Yeah, a restaurant. Um, it was called the Smith. It was um in the East Village. It was like yeah. American brasserie. Yeah, love. Mm-hmm. What about mm-hmm. what, what kind I of restaurant? Were, was it was um in on on Cape Cod where I'm from, yeah. and it was a just like a a restaurant on the water, and the only position they had available was a hostess, and then I went from hostess to a manager within like a, <laughs> a so couple funny. Weeks. What's it called? The fishmonger. The fishmonger. Okay, that's such a perfect name for yeah. It was, and also my friends um, are twins, and their their family owned it, so it was very Mystic Pizza. Oh, Oh, I love that. It was really fun. That's so great. Yeah, it was cool. Did you like fall in love? What happens to her in that again? Oh, with the there's like a love guy and the the the, she puts fish in his car. It was um (laughs) no I I I I I was uh, I swooned over a, a. a sailing teacher who oh, nice. um, 
took me to a movie theater and to pay for his own ticket, he had to go to Coinstar. Yes. Oh, no. <laughs> Making it work. Yeah. Making no, it work. Oh, no. You know. Hey, that's better than when I went on a date with a guy who I found out was homeless. Oh, that's happened to me. Oh, really? Or no, I, that he couldn't read. But you oh, okay. go first. <laughs> you go first. <laughs> yeah. I want to hear the homeless one first. <laughs> Same thing, right? Yeah, no, yeah. No. <laughs> no, the bar is low, no. though. The bar, it forces you to have this, is like... Is that what oh, it is? Okay. Yeah, it does. It's, it's, okay, thank yeah. you. It's in, the, it's in the air. Okay. Yeah. So what's yours? To, yeah. What's yeah. your reading? Um, oh, the re- oh, he's so sweet. Yeah. He, we oh, he's sweet, a, though. That's good. We had a weekend good. job together, <gasps> and he was awesome. And so one time, like, we hung out, like, a date. I think we watched Lord of the Rings, and then he was looking at... My bookshelf, and he's just like looking at the oh, spines, and I was like, "Oh, you feel free to borrow any of those you want." And he was like, "I would, but I can't read." And I was like, "Oh, okay, well, you know." And then I, I, I saw him more just as friends, but it, it was one of those moments where I was like, oh, "Okay, that's okay," you know. Yeah. And then he told me he was like, "I think he was in special ed." Okay. Which is fine. Yeah, you know, of a lot course. of people go on to have like great lives after. Yes. Also, nothing education. wrong, nothing wrong if with you're him. homeless yes. either. Yeah. Like yeah. that happens. But right? like so as a sweet. as a as a writer, it would yeah. be hard for you to be in. A, <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. So, and I felt bad. I, I I shouldn't have assumed that he could read. Right. No, but that was a one. I mean, but you're in your early twenties. Right. Exactly. Say lovey. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So when you were first in New York, were you you were doing comedy? Were you acting like? Because yeah. Jenna, I don't know that much about you. Oh, yeah. 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 So I started doing um, UCB. Yeah. It's so fun. Yeah, yeah, it was great. started doing stand-up and stuff. Yeah. But my first job there was at Hallmark Channel. They have this production company. So I made press kits for made-for-TV movies. And so my job, it was, in, it was in Midtown by 30 Rock. I would have to watch Hallmark daytime programming, like Love's Unending Journey, and then like pull quotes and make press kits. So I'd be there at 11 a.m. just Bawling, watching these like sad Hallmark kind of a fun job. It was so fun, right? It was really fun. It was a good first job. Yeah, yeah. it's a great better first than job. waiting tables. Was watching all those Hallmark movies. Do you think that helped you write, say, that Lifetime movie you wrote? I think it did. I think it sunk into my brain. Sure, Got to, it's right? that. It's the format because it's different than and than any other you know a movie you would see in the movie theater. How because, so? Um, so. They're about um, an hour and a half, yeah. but then you write them based on commercials. And so when I, for everyone listening, I write Lifetime movies now. Love and it. they literally tell you, after I sold the pitch, they were like, okay, so you write it in like an, an 11-act structure. Every nine to 10 pages, you need a thriller beat because that's when it's about to go to commercial. Also, like in a normal movie, it would be weird to reintroduce characters multiple times. Not so much for Hallmark or Lifetime. They're like... It, you have to write it thinking that someone's going to change the laundry. They're going to answer the door. They're going to do the dishes. So you write it based on thinking people aren't paying attention. Isn't that oh fascinating? And now watch it through those lens and you're like, oh yeah, that's right. They did already say that grandpa's coming back, you know, and he's missed Christmas every time. And they'll say it a bunch of times because they're like, someone's going to get up and do something in their home. And I was like, that's, that's so funny. Huh. Isn't it crazy? And that then you have is. to do something so cool right before the commercial break so that they come back to it. Sure. Yeah. yeah. How did you how did you start doing that? How did you get into Oh gosh. How I'd did written, you go from UCB stand up and all that stuff in New York to mm-hmm. writing lifetime movies in LA? Yeah, and how did yeah, when did the LLA thing yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. So I moved I moved to LA about seven years ago to do Crownlings okay. and oh. um, and also to get into writing because I kind of started writing stuff, but it was And did you feel like there was just more opportunity out here? Yeah. That's how I felt. Yeah. It did. It was 
it wasn't so hard, I think, to for the writing and stuff like that. Yeah. I always heard, I, I always kind of wanted to end up here, too. It's so nice. Yeah. I would come visit and be like, what am I doing? Totally. There was a rat near my leg on the morning commute <laughs> in the subway. Like, <laughs> what is, what am I doing? You right. Know? Yeah. And so I, yeah. I started writing more on my own time and co-wrote a couple features. Yeah. And so I actually ended up. Were you I, still in New York for oh, no, this here. time? Okay. By the time I moved here, I was, you know, writing some stuff and. Uh, I had enough written, but hadn't sold anything, didn't have yeah. a lit agent or anything. Right. And I went to look at an apartment from Craigslist. And the guy who was living there was in development at a production company for Lifetime. And we ended up just talking about writing for an hour. And he's super cool. And he's like, actually, we need some scripts. Do you want to come in and pitch? And I was like, you got it. It's the most L.A. I love story. It. I love he's it. awesome. And so we were like co-developing a few with them now. But I only got it because I had written features in the sure. past. And like you have to send stuff in because they're because it's not easy you to be write hundred pages for that. Yeah. Like happenstance. Yeah. It, do, it doesn't it, it it sounds like it's random, but it's not. Because yeah. you had been preparing for it mm-hmm. for a decent amount of time. Yeah. You know? And it made sense that they wouldn't pay you to write a hundred pages if they didn't know you could do it. Sure. You know, like I have some friends who are like, oh, I've written a couple pitches and like you have to write a hundred pages. Yeah, you can't or else just no write. one will look at it. Yeah. And then you also have your own podcast. I do. <gasps> yes. Oh, yes. Yes. Which were very similar. We're like in the same vein. Oh, cool. Like, you know, I like that. yeah. Yeah. I, I Survivor yeah. on Wondery. And they're the ones who did like Dirty John and Dr. Death. Which okay. Is so hard to listen to. Oh, I my gosh. Need, what is Dirty John? Oh, okay. I actually haven't listened to it, which is horrible. Okay. But it's that new Bravo show with Connie Britton. Right. Yeah. yeah. And Eric Banna. Banna. Yeah. I can't. Who's just like, yeah. But I guess he's like a swindler, right? This guy, it's a true story. It was in the LA Times. And so uh, then Wondery picked it up and they made a whole podcast out of it. And we interviewed the investigative reporter lady who kind of went in and was like kind of cracking the case. Wow. Yeah. I think he was like some sort of master imposter. Was was Homecoming was also a podcast? Homecoming. The one, Julia Roberts one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was just, I was, I remember. like the Golden Globes, everyone was talking about these all of these shows, and it was like they were all originally that podcasts. Is so which crazy! Is, isn't that? It's yeah. really interesting. Well it's, just, well, it's also like if you think about, it, there's so much more content now. It's like where are people drawing inspiration? Totally from? getting it. How are people using? Like what mm-hmm. outlets are people using? In the same way that like, how, let's say seven years ago, it was all like viral YouTube videos, and now oh. nobody cares about them. No. But like that's what like I feel the same way. No one cares. Mm-hmm. But and it's now, also like it all comes down to the same thing, right? Like where is the good story? Yeah, regardless sure. of the medium, it could be it could be a short story. Think about the one in the New Yorker last year, the cat, whatever. The do you guys read that one? Which no. it was like a really uncomfortable hookup. Oh, I think I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, she but hooked I'd... up with this guy, and it it was cringeworthy. But it was the type of um, you read it, and you're like, oh god, I've been there. Oh god, oh. was this non consensual? Oh god, you know. And I think she ended up getting bad. like a TV deal or a movie deal or something out Amazing. of it. It's just like. It doesn't necessarily matter what medium it is. If it's good, it's going to stand out, right? Yeah, and people definitely. want a good, interesting story. And, and if it's honest. Right. And it's like a fresh take right, on, you right, know. Right, right, right. So you did the, so you have your podcast mm-hmm. that you do, you're writing movies, mm-hmm. and but you're also doing storytelling. Also doing storytelling. So did you yeah. get into storytelling by way of stand-up and stuff and they kind of like transitioned into it exactly i started doing stand-up and then i was in new york doing like 
clubs in Times Square, you know, bring her shows yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I noticed a lot of my stand-up was stories. I found myself writing stories that I would tell friends over dinner and be like, right. okay, if they're laughing, maybe this will work. Yeah. Right. And then my now dear friend Margot Lightman, who's oh, uh, yeah. here also, she teaches, uh, she was teaching a storytelling and solo work class at the UCB. And mm-hmm. I know she still teaches and she has books out. Yeah, I've uh, read her book. Yeah, her books are great. She's so great. Yeah, and she's in Risk this I know. weekend too. What a lineup. Yeah, oh, Melanie so is, we're talking to her after this, oh, by the yay. way. Yeah, awesome. And John yeah. Flynn who I, and David oh, Kraft. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. God, it's like a dream. It is like so an all-star lineup. I started yeah. taking her Risk class. is, oh, okay, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, Risk is that storytelling, storytelling show. show that you're doing. Is that the Lyric? It's at um, the Bootleg, Bootleg Theater, downtown theater. LA, Saturday, January 19th, 7.30 p.m. Oh, baby. Come if you're in LA. And it is an all-star, all-star it's cast really of storytellers. Yeah. It's so cool. Really good. Yeah. But so I've been doing storytelling and then started doing The Moth. Yeah. And got into that in New York. And And explain what The Moth is just for listeners who don't know. So The Moth is a nonprofit and they have story slams, which are basically come as you are. They pack about two or three hundred people in a room Mm -hmm. and there's a theme each week. And so people from all walks of life, non-professional storytellers and, you know, people who have maybe never even spoken to a microphone before (laughs) can put their name in a hat. And then there's a host who's usually something more, someone really funny and cool pulls 10 names out of the hat and then it's a competitive storytelling. So there's groups of audience judges. You tell your best on theme story in five minutes and then it's judged. You've (laughs) won a few times. I've won five. That's insane. Which is so fun. And then you get to go to the grand side. Yeah. (laughs) um, My favorite uh, girls episode was when she did oh, the moth yeah. at the um, Housing Works bookstore yes, yes. in New York which was my yes. favorite oh. do you know that I've I've gone to the moth so many times and I've never been picked are you serious yes. okay we gotta go so we were living parallel lives but I think I was a few years behind you okay. yeah. which is so crazy that is so crazy yeah yeah. a bunch of my friends I'm just from like the moth following you Jenna yeah. I'm just <laughs> right? following yes. you I also am in Groundlings now oh, so good. You know, we'll she's talk done. about that later we're gonna we're um, actually she's writing a lifetime movie about stalking <laughs> a woman who writes Lifetime movies. Following a friend. Well, you're yeah. going to get married in Vegas, then you'll get quickly divorced, and then... I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. That's what happened to me. But okay. it won't happen to you. Can you talk Wait, about what? that? Oh, you guys didn't know that? That's the story I'm telling at, at risk. Oh, Can we get a little sneak damn peek? Damn it. Yeah, I got married once in Las Vegas. To whom? Um, a man who's a chef. Great. I won't say his name, because I think he's still of in Los course, Angeles. Of course, because um, like chefs are sexy. Yeah. And... Ego maniacal. No. Yeah, no, totally. I actually ran off to Vegas and got married. I was only married for two months. You were here in LA though. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. How long and had you guys been together? Three months. Oh, and then come ran on. away. Oh, no, it's bad. It's bad. But he was like amazing. It was so great. Loved him. He was cool. Proposed. We're like, let's do this. And getting married in Vegas is so fun. We got married at the Little yeah. White Chapel, oh my like God. where all the celebs got married. And it's like live feed out online. It was great. My whole family came. Fun stuff. Jenna, yeah. from raising chicken ducks <laughs> yes. to getting married in Vegas to winning the moth five times. Yeah. Well, that's Where's why, your memoir? That's why yeah. you win the moth yeah. five times. Yeah. It's crazy. Got great. But the story I'm telling at risk, and it's hard and because it's not funny. And I, I've told it on stage a handful of times, and I try to make part of it funny, but it's not a funny story. It's very dark and scary. And so that's a way I'm challenging myself now is like sure. being okay, not being funny on stage. You, you get it. Yeah. Puppies she know. gets it. And it's like, that's a new thing that I'm sure. trying to, as a writer and as a yeah. performer, 
Because we're a comedian. in a dark time. We're in dark times now. Mm-hmm. You know, even I couldn't do stand up for a while after the election because I was like, what's what's really funny? Dating yeah. my jinx? No. Right. Like things just aren't. And I don't even want to use his name in my set. I will not use his name in my set. Yeah. Oh, nope. no. No. Because no. I just. I do. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. But yeah. Get out of so here. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's good. And your guys' show how is so you, great too, by the way. How like, do you work on your stories, by the way? And are you using ones from like older stories that you kind of like recraft? Do you now feel like you have a system for, has it changed? Like just curious about your process of working on stories. It's totally changed. Early on, I used to write out every single word for word. I would heavily outline it, look for joke lines, and I would like would memorize it and listen to it. Drop. And so I would um, do an outline. But now if there's, especially if there's a theme, you know, I'll kind yeah. of think about a life instance. And I have a bunch, you know, in the arsenal. I have like Good. probably 20 or 30 on my computer that I can revisit. And then based on now, yeah. though, things change. You know, I sure. look back on that Your life event is different. Than, yeah. yeah. Um, so I have some stuff to draw from. But writing new stuff is always the challenge, you know? Yeah. It, like, because... My life isn't as insane as it was before. You know, like my boyfriend and I just moved in together. Right. He's awesome. You yeah. know, and it's hard to write when things are going well in your life. Yeah, totally. I'm like, <laughs> I got two pets. Like, yeah. I'm pretty stable. Like, I'm not tortured <laughs> yeah. anymore. Where's yeah. my art going to come from? Yeah. yeah. And so it's yeah. like, okay, what's what? And but then like looking at that and seeing, okay, what is, you know, what is there to mind from this? But that, yeah. But yeah, but I still like the process of writing it fully out. Mm. I don't know if you guys do the same. Or at least finding those laugh lines. And I think that that's the stand-up yeah. comic in me that's like... Totally. You know, because even I was at The Moth the other day and, oh, gosh, it was just dark. And most of the stories, and I mean, I love The Moth, were just like people monologuing without taking a break. Oh, and it really? was like run of stream of consciousness. And it was like, okay, like I just listened to a six-minute uneventful monologue. And then right. someone gets up and they're like... They really take you for a ride. And I'm like, I love to be taken for a ride. Yes. And so I, in my own storytelling, you try to take people on this ride down the rabbit hole that you went down. Right. You yeah. Know? And like just bring them along with it. And I'm remembering now that your story that you told, it was while you were still working at that travel agency, right? The uh, Italy. Oh, Italy. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah I left, I, that's why like when you, I left, you mentioned you had worked at a that's travel so agency, funny. I was like, that sounds familiar. Yeah. Uh, like, and all those old ladies, all the divorcees were like, wow, you're real brave. And this is my <laughs> tattoo. I couldn't show it at the show, but I got oh my, the Hebrew symbol for bravery tattooed on my rib cage. Oh and everyone it. was like, you're real brave to go to Italy alone. And I was like, what are they talking about? And then I got attacked by that guy. Yeah. And I had to fight him off. And I, it was that. That's so funny. Have you had an experience? I there? haven't, but oh. I have a friend. Yes. Who was gang raped? <gasps> no. Yes. In Italy. <sighs> in Italy. In Jesus. Siena. You know Siena, that like beautiful town outside I'm so of. Sorry. Yeah. It's really scary. Can you imagine? When, yeah. It's really traumatizing. I, like, awful. how do you survive something like that? And so I just like I love Italy, but I don't. There are elements that are really there's, unsafe. There's, there's like the whole really concept of yeah, like backpacking through Europe mm-hmm. was like, oh god, just not ever something that I felt like safety. I, like, yeah, yeah, no, mm-hmm. never. Mm-hmm. That's like whenever when I was when I was there, I like everywhere I went was either train or or a plane. Like I never, and and I always stayed at like somewhere I knew somebody or like. You stay at a hotel or something. Like yeah. You, I like mm-hmm. even hostels scared me. I've never seen the movies. I can't. Yeah, the hostel oh, movies. Oh, oh, I've no, never seen them. No, yeah. Can't do it. Yeah. Can't do those type of no. Yeah. Or, I know what you mean. There is like a romantic idea to it, but I, I also yeah. like, eh. 
No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you had your experience. Yeah. And you're yeah. just like, mm, I'm broad daylight and you're like, okay. Oh, no. God. So what is, what are you working on now? Oh, I'm working on a, a couple other Lifetime movies, actually. Oh. Follow up to Killer Twin. Killer Twin Returns. Wait, can we watch? Like, how do we oh, watch yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, I have a link. Oh, it's, uh, I can get it to you. It's so oh. great. So the star of it was Lindsay Hartley. She's great. She plays the good and bad twins. Amazing. She's in Passions. Oh, she's amazing. Passions. And, and so, yeah, she's badass. So her and I are actually working on the story for Killer oh Twin Returns. God, and then I'm writing another one that's like an app-based thriller called Find My Killer for Lifetime. So, oh, cool. Yeah, oh, it's great. It's, fun. it's so fun. Do they have like app-based? So they have like short series on their app? Is that or what no, you mean? Or like, no, uh, like this the, one where it's, it's, part of the... it's like Tracking Murder, I think was the original title. And so it's for their European market. And they oh, love they love any okay. app or tech stuff with okay. Lifetime. You know, if you can have some sort of weird app. Yeah, 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 and yeah. so this one is like, you. this fun group of mom friends are tracking each other for fun, but then one of the moms gets Ooh. jealous and starts like sleeping with everyone's husbands and killing people. Oh my God. It's amazing. It. Yeah. I cannot wait to <laughs> yeah, watch Yeah, so that'll it. come out. Oh yeah, my God. They, yeah. um, is it true that Lifetime will buy a movie based on a title? Like just they'll buy, just buy a title, I've heard. Oh, you know, I don't know. I know that they do buy stuff off one sheets, like a title sure. and a log line and then like a brief synopsis. Wow. So that's, yeah, but may, that's maybe someone, cause I know the there's same. a bunch of different companies that feed into Lifetime. So maybe one of them is like, that's a hot title. And then they just make it, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's, I feel like that's also one of those like glory days, like Tinseltown, you know, like yeah. we sold three moving pictures, you know, based <laughs> off an idea, you know? That's funny. Um, what that's cool, though. is your... I was actually just talking to Beth about, um, speaking of torture, um, uh, I'm writing a feature right now, but I'm on like the second, I mean, I'm not, it's not the second draft, but I think of it as like the second, I basically am rewriting it. Yeah. You told me about, this yeah, is the same one. Same okay, good. One. Okay. Um, but it's very, uh, the experience for me is a little torturous. Yeah. Um, it's like, I have to like literally fold into myself and turn into like a little ball of rain. It's just like. Is that what your experience? Maybe writing these is a bit lighter, so you don't, and maybe less personal. So, like, what yeah. what has the experience been like? Because I know you? yours is is personal. Yeah. And I've I've written one similar, and that's yeah. that is hard because you do have to go into the energy. Oof. I find that like when yeah. I because I'm also I also write comedies. You know, yes. John and yes. I are writing a comedy yeah. together, and so yeah. on days I'm doing that, it's high vibe. Okay, get into funny zone, and then Lifetime you do have to go into this kind of dark rain, like this w- rainy weather is perfect yeah. for it because you kind of have to go into totally. that energy. And it is uncomfortable if you are writing stuff mm-hmm. that's, like, for example, this my the story of my first marriage. Uncomfortable. I'm, have, right. I'm working on it for a long time this week to make it good yeah. and ready for their podcast. Right. But it's not comfortable sitting in that energy right. anymore. No. And I'm five and a half years out of it. And right. I'm like, God, to go sit in it. Mm-hmm. Is hard, and if you so, can have like a or like a show or something you yeah. can do, yeah, maybe in between. That's I what found, she was saying. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So five and a half years, mm-hmm. right? Was there like did you and that ended in L.A. right? Yes, and yeah. then did you date a lot of what was the dating process like after, after that? Oh gosh, it was tough. I dated one guy for probably eight or nine months, mm-hmm. but it's. I was in a a weird headspace, to be honest. I wasn't, I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have dated as soon as I did. I think I was so eager to be, feel normal again. Sure. But being, I I think it was more uncomfortable for the other, for the guy, for guys I would 
go out on dates with because they were like, oh, wow, you're divorced. You know, because that's yeah. this weird stigma. You were sure. young. But I know, you yeah, were I was young. 29 right. when it happened. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And so all in one year, one spring, actually. Yeah. And so wow. um, it was it was tough. It was. Yeah. To and find then, to feel really. And then when did you how did you meet Jono? Oh, we met at the Groundlings. Yeah, I met doing oh comedy. And I think I the hardest that. part, like after maybe, I don't know if anyone's listening who's, or is, honestly, <laughs> being married Hopefully. for that short of no a time, listening. it felt like I l- was legally dating someone. That's what it felt like. I was never, I wasn't married long enough yeah. to feel like a wife or to feel, like I met people who were like, oh, I was with my husband for 15 years. And I was like, wow, that's a different experience. Like sure. I wasn't wifing it up. Right. So I think that was maybe why it doesn't feel as, you know, your lives weren't like tangled up in each yeah. other. Like it was, it was a much cleaner break. But that's exactly great. as much as like yeah. an ex, you know, sure. it's like I had a lot of more paperwork and a lot more embarrassment around it. Like getting married and then being like, oops, this guy is not who he pretended to be is really embarrassing. And I think I, mm, I had a hard sure. time rebuilding trusting myself and my instincts because then I would yeah. meet a guy and I'm like, oh, he's cool. And I'm like, oh, but is he Jenna? Like, remember, yeah. you went to Vegas with someone you thought was cool, and he wasn't. So I yeah. think that's the hardest part coming back from was like... Did what, you have a moment when you were dating him before you got married or whatever where you are like, your instinct was like, this isn't quite right, but I'm going to go for it. Like, was there something about your gut that said no? No. Interesting. No, and that's, and that's what's so crazy with, yeah. with people who are like master manipulators and like super abusive. They're very good at putting on the show of all shows. Well, that's like when people are master manipulators, they're very good at charming people yeah. and making the other person feel important. And then you're blind to all of yeah. the... Narcissists. Yeah. Well, all of the, the red flags. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. until you're either like pregnant or married or living with them, those are like the kind of three main ones. Right. Until there's some sort of like property control right. thing, then, then the f- switch can <sighs> flip. And that's, I've heard that from so they many survivors. They and now they're kind of done. Yeah. Okay. Like, even when I tried to get a restraining order afterwards, <gasps> though, I couldn't because I didn't have any bruises on my body. And because he had hit, I, the last time I saw him, he, like, ran into me with his car. No. And so, I, so my car was banged up, but I wasn't. But, like, me, I mean, mentally and emotionally, yes. But mm-hmm. then the lady at the restraining order place was like, I read your file. She's like, he's going to come after you. She's like, are you pregnant? And I was like, oh no. She's God. like, okay, well, you're lucky because you can make a clean break. Because if you're, it's harder if you have kids, if you have, you know, which a lot of people do, with, sure. you know, so I'm lucky That's that I got out my, so fast. My, um, uh. each story is its own, but if you're looking to start over fresh, yes, it's, you don't have any kids. Like that woman said, clean break. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and how hard it would be for the kids too. I can, yeah. Well, if it's a, like an abusive relationship and then you have to share custody and see that person, it's like, you can never heal that shit. A nightmare. And it's that would like, be a you nightmare. don't want... It's like you might feel very strong things uh, about this person, but it's like you don't want to tarnish it's the kid's father. You know, they're, they're, yeah. you almost want them not hating my, him. Are the kids like, safe? Like, not right. from like an, an abusive standpoint, just like strictly from like divorce. Mm-hmm. My, um, they weren't even, my cousin was in a relationship for a long time with a man and they had, uh, they had a beautiful son. And my cousin, like, I applaud her so much. She does. She never, ever, ever, ever says a negative thing about her, so um, yeah, her huge. son's father because mm. she's like, she's not trying 
to make him uh, anything like mm-hmm. not that there's like a ton of bad stuff to say about him, but obviously the relationship didn't work because they, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think that's, if you're able to, she's also like, she'd like help the, like, like she's like a therapist. So it's like, it makes sense. She gets, but it. she like, um, she's counselor. So, mm-hmm. but it, yeah, it, it's to, to not, if you're able to not tarnish another person's view on another person, then I think you can actually have a healthy, like rebuild a relationship. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. a different kind of and relationship. The, and yeah. The, like, yeah. yeah, when you treat kids, it seems like like pawns like that, like trying to hurt the other spouse. Like it just does fuck up the kid. Yeah, like you're just sure. hurting your own child. Sure, you know, and let them. Form I think their that's own that's awesome, and that's that's like best case scenario. That's, best case scenario, you know, yeah. in, in a good way. Yeah, with with kids. Were you doing comedy right after? Like, what oh, during if, I had a show that night. I had to cancel my. Yeah, I was like. Fully in it. I was in Groundlings class no. while I was married. Yeah. And I remember like getting screamed at all night and <gasps> and like in the thick of it. And then I would have to go to a 10 a.m. intermediate, you know, and, and have to be like, oh, yeah, let's throw knives. Not as funny, you know, when there's wow. knives being pulled in your own home. And, and I, was not, I was just such a numb husk of a woman were but you I able, kept going to class yeah were you able like were you able to find find the fun in the class or was it just like no no yeah no I was yeah, it was gotta be. but it was it was also potent it was like just two months of and that's what was so hard I realized I like wasn't laughing or smiling like it came really fast where I was like wow this is bad did it take you a while to be like this isn't normal. It took me a couple weeks because it's very confusing and kind oh, of It happened so fast. It happened so fast. Um, and I'm Ugh. grateful for that. I'm grateful it wasn't sure. drawn out over years of like little stuff here and there. It was really rapid. And I remember a couple weeks in just feeling so bad about myself. I remember like writing in my journal just being, and I was like, words oh. that were coming out of my brain that were like, Oh, this is not you. This is not you, Jenna. This is someone who like hates herself mm-hmm. or who's been told that she has no worth. You know, and and that's I think what and my 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 dad is amazing. I have an amazing brother. I I was lucky that my parents were really loving growing up and so I was yeah. like and so I this have was like very friends who were not. like love loving and I was like this isn't love. Yeah. But I was like but we're married. Like, how do you, you can't just be like, yeah. all right, see ya. You know, it's like, it's really complicated. Oh, but I, it, so it did take a couple weeks because you're very confused. It happens, you know, you're not like clear sure. thinking when you're married to a monster person. And, Jeez. but I remember going to the Silver Lake Reservoir and sitting down in the meadow and just being like, oh my gosh, I can't even cry. I was like, I have to, I got to get out of this. You know, I don't care how embarrassing it is or how many people are going to talk shit about me, which people did. I had friends who were like, well, you should have seen it coming. You know, like you should have. And I was like, really? Like the do millions you, of women all see it coming? Do you have and a new group? Do you, have a, do you kind of have the same group of friends from that time period or did you kind of start fresh again? Some, some, half and half. I lost a couple really close friends because they were just like on the bandwagon of like, well, this is definitely all your fault. And I was like, <gasps> see ya. And I don't talk to those people anymore. But I had a lot of great friends who Good. showed up, helped me move out, you know, I had a police escort and who are, who get oh it, God. who get that life happens and that yeah. like the best thing you can do, and this is a quote from Wedding Crashers. Remember when Rachel <laughs> McAdams and this like came to me, I think at, at the reservoir, like when she's flower shopping with Christopher Walken and she's like, my fiance's a psycho. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. And then he says, all you can do is make the best decision you can with the information you've been given. And I was like, I can't beat myself up 
because I didn't have this info before I walked down the aisle. I got it right after. So it's up to me to make a decision now. And it's a scary choice to make. It's not easy to get away from someone who is monitoring you and who's three times your size and who is like, you know, it's scary. But I was like, I have to, I have to get out. Yeah. I don't care how bad this looks, you know? And so you kind of, plus my ego was dead by then. I had no self-esteem, you know? Yeah. And I was like, all right. I'm going to be divorced. Let's do it. <laughs> so. you, to me, you're like a bright, shining light that attracts like some wonderful people. How yeah. did you get from there to this? Oh, good therapy. Yeah. Good therapy. Yeah, I saw this woman. Oh, gosh, she was hot. She was like J-Lo <laughs> in Pasadena. And I remember she told me, she. I only saw her for like a, maybe four sessions afterwards. Oh, that's she, it? Yeah, because she, I, I was... So happy to be out of it. And I remember like, I, w- I was still drinking coffee in the morning and working out and going and like I jumped right back into my life. I think because I wasn't being screamed at. So I was like, God, this is so nice. Like, this is so nice waking up and not having someone just yell bullshit at you. And I remember she told me, she was like, you know, you're going to feel really overexposed. You're going to feel like you owe everyone an explanation for your behavior, but just don't. Just give yourself, just don't feel like you have to explain yourself to anybody. And like, she let me off the hook in a way that I was just able to let myself off the hook Mm -hmm. and be like, you know what? I'm just a person. And, and then it was, I think I just dove back into doing comedy and like writing a lot. And, um, it's perfect. Like my family, I think it's also that my family was really supportive and they didn't make me feel like shit about myself, which I think Mm. is so huge. They weren't like, well, you we know, saw this yeah, comedy. yeah. Like yeah. we just gave you this wedding in Told Vegas, so. and now, yeah. yeah. And I think that's what it was. I was able to like come out of it as like I was scathed, but I could have been more scathed. Sure. If that makes sense. I I have a friend who is um, just recently went through a breakup, and their therapist said, "Have a logline for like when people ask mm, what happened. Totally have your logline that doesn't hurt you, that doesn't hurt them, <laughs> that just is so you don't have to go into it." In the same way, like protect yourself essentially the same way that you're there. I think having, that's so wonderful that you had a a therapist during that time. And also that she was beautiful. Oh gosh, (laughs) she was so beautiful. She moved her practice to New Mexico, but I was like, I love you. But she was really, it was really nice getting to talk to someone too who who didn't know me before. So I like met her like fresh out of it. And I was like, I know I'm crying a lot. Usually I'm very fun, you know, (laughs) but it was good having, you know, an objective person. That's what's so beautiful about therapy. You get, you know. Well, it's also like, um, like you don't owe anyone anything. Yeah. You know, I think there's this like idea that I've tried to like get away from of just like feeling like you have to explain everything. And it's like, no, yeah. just take care of yourself. Yeah. Maybe that's but like that's the hard. performer in us. It's, it's like the a performer, yeah. but it's also yeah. like the, the woman because women want to take care of people and the nurture and yeah, all that. Yeah. Jenna Brister, you are a magical person. Oh my God. Oh, Thank you, you so much for being Jenny on so your much. show. Me. This was so nice getting to chat. For and people me. can see you on, uh, at risk at yeah. bootleg this Saturday, 730. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you so much Jenna. for having me. I love you guys. Love you too. Love you. Uh.